Hey there, boo. I see you, I hear you, I feel you. You're invited to join me, Amber, your host on a journey of embracing a life of intoxicating abundance. I'm so fulfilled by sharing conversations that initiate you to release judgment and deepen your connection with passion. With this podcast, you will find inspiration to awaken the magic of your desires, build confidence as you expand into leadership, and manifest purposeful wealth in all of its forms. We are going to talk about the energetics of all things money, menstruation, and manifestation. Because your ability to accept and receive money is in direct proportion with your level of self-confidence, and your yoni transmutes this confidence. So if you're a witchy woman excited to enrich your life with wealth, womb wisdom, and woo-woo shit, then you've been divinely guided to let go of the distractions that are stopping you from embracing your role as a leader of integrity and confidence. Stick around, boo. Are you ready to be confidently you? Hello, Confident Soul. Welcome back to another episode of the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber, and I am your host, and it is my mission to make witchy women wealthy. And today I have a very special guest on the podcast. Her name is Jen Campbell, and we are here to talk about all things authenticity. Because if you heard me talking about it on the, I want to say it was the last episode, talking about the magic of your authenticity, now you get to hear about authenticity from a different lens, from a different perspective, and actually applying and using your authenticity in a social media context. Um, So I have a special guest today, Jen Campbell, on the podcast. Jen Campbell is known as The Cringy Mom. Jen Campbell is a personal brand specialist, speaker, award-winning author, and viral digital content creator influencing millions. Jen was chosen by Facebook for the North American Community Leaders Summits in 2019, 2020, and 2021. She's a Meta Certified Community Manager. Jen shares inspirational social media content and has built an online community called Cringe Forward, encouraging women entrepreneurs to embrace awkward and create digital content to grow their businesses. As a personal brand strategist, Jen helps her clients write and tell their brand story for more impact, influence, and income online. So in this conversation, Jen and I talk about, you know, another perspective about what it means to be authentic and how to discern when you're showing up authentically or unfiltered versus unfiltered on on social media and how we can use social media as a tool to even outside of a business context but simply to connect and how authenticity is a fundamental building block to make connections with others. I really enjoyed hearing Jen's perspective, hearing her thoughts Because as she mentions in this episode, Jen lives in a small town where there are only two stoplights, yet she has been able to connect with millions um, by using the power of social media and connecting with authenticity and building a business 
through being authentic online. So please join me for our this very special guest, Jen Campbell, on the Confidently You podcast. Hello, Jen Campbell. Welcome to the Confidently You podcast. I am so excited to have you on today. I'm seeing your big smile, your bubbly face, and I'm so happy to have a guest on the show. I haven't had a guest for a while, so this is fantastic. Welcome to the Confidently You you. podcast. You're welcome. And as I do with all of my guests, um, I'd like to invite you to, of course, say hello, um, introduce yourself, but I'd love if you could start off with sharing with us what makes you feel most confident. Well, thank you so much, Amber. What makes me feel most confident is my red lipstick. And every time I put it on in the morning, it reminds me that when I speak, that my voice has value. It reminds me that no matter what I wear or wherever I'm at, that I can be myself, that I can be bold like the red lipstick, that I can be confident. And I actually, there was a point in my life where we didn't have a lot of money. And we were struggling to kind of get by. And there was one year that that was all that I had for a Christmas gift. I bought myself a tube of red Mac lipstick because it was a small luxury item. And even if I was busy with my triplets all day and it was chaos at home, I could put on my red lipstick and it made me feel pulled together. So what makes me feel confident is wearing my red lipstick. And I still do. Mm, I love that. When you said that to me, there was something very, I could feel the power behind your voice when you said that it gives my words value. I love that. Mm. I always, I'm sorry, go ahead. I I was just going to say, how did that, how did that realization come to you? Or because I find that to be a very unusual, but potent thing for a person to say. So I'd love to, there's a story behind that. Oh, heck yeah. I was a stay-at-home mom. I have triplet boys and I have a younger son as well. And I was focused on everything about them to make sure that their needs were taken care of. And I felt like I was lost in the process. I knew who um, Jen Campbell, the mom was, Jen Campbell, the wife, Jen Campbell that went to church every Sunday, but who I was at my core, I didn't feel seen. Mm. I didn't feel valued. I didn't feel like I was really being heard. And when I chose to get red lipstick and wear that, I realized that no matter where I am, I am who I am. And and, and that's something that I work with women on now too, that their voice has value and their message has meaning and and they need to be seen and heard. I think it's really easy to get caught up in the labels that other people give us. But we have the opportunity, especially um, when we're meeting new people or the way that we present ourselves online, to be able to show people the full version and the best version of who we are. And that raw authenticity and really being authentic about who we are is important. You don't want to show someone like the hot mess version of your life. You give them a warm mess because they don't need to see like the full on Instagram filtered. Yay, my life is great. I'm living in the mansion. I have this beautiful car. My kids are always smiling in every picture because that's not what life is really like. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, kids punch each other and they don't get along very well. Sometimes your car breaks down and sometimes you don't own where you're living or it might not be the ideal place. But coming across as you really are and showing that part of yourself, whether it's on social media or in real life, is a really great way to be able to connect with other people. Mm. In fact, I would even go a step further and say it's really the only way to truly connect with people is to have a willingness to be vulnerable, 
have um, and allowing that vulnerability to extend to allowing yourself to be seen by others, which is going to start with yourself. So mm-hmm. willing to be vulnerable with yourself and seeing yourself and then extending that vulnerability to others and allowing other people to really see you. Authenticity is the only way that you can really build fa- relationships that are built upon connections and have that strong foundation in place. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Amber, like I, I fully believe that you want to see the same version of Jen Campbell wherever you're at, because it's exhausting to try to be someone else. Like I have a hard enough time being who I am. And, and sometimes it takes us a while to get to that process. Like, who am I? Especially if you're going through a major transition in your life. I call them transition times. Maybe it's a new relationship, a new job or career. Maybe it's a milestone birthday. Like for me, when I turned 40, it was like, okay, where am I at? You know, I'm hitting that midlife point. You know, who am I? What's going on in my life? Who do I want to become? And that those times are really a great opportunity for us to really reevaluate um, what our values are what's important to us and what our real purpose and mission in life is, because we have an opportunity to really share that with other people. Mm. That's it's so funny that you bring that up because I recently just reevaluated my core values. I tend to do that, you know, a couple of times a year, especially around my birthday, I tend to kind of reevaluate those things. But as I was going through my own process of how I narrow down, like, what do I value? I I actually found that I was surprised by some of the things that had kind of shifted for me or evolved um, or just plain right brand new to me. Like, oh, I didn't even realize this was something that I'm stepping into. But now that it's in my awareness, like, okay, this is something that I really value. This is something I'm going to intentionally lead with. What does that process look like for you? How do you evaluate your values. Such a funny thing to say. Oh, that's, that's a great question that you asked. I actually have a template that I created called a personal brand values template that I give away to free for free to people. Okay. So yeah. And it's, it's, if you go to jencampbell.com slash freebie, F R E E B I E, it's a little template that says like who you are a little bit about you, three key words to really describe you, how your friends or people in your life would describe you, uh, what, what, what's most important to you. And so it's an easy fill in the blank way to do it, because I think we can get caught up in this whole, like, or at least I can a whole introspective process, really deep diving into the emotions and therapy and everything that goes along with that, which is great, but having something just to glance at that has all of those things outlined for you helps remind you what it is that's important to you. Mm-hmm. And I keep, um, I have like my core beliefs list that I keep up next to my desk. You know, like one of my core beliefs is I believe that people are fundamentally good. Mm. The other one is that I believe that people are capable of change mm. and, and just having those things to reflect back on. I, I believe that um, I like to have visual reminders, Yeah, like a concrete object, whether it's a quote on my wall. Um, I have a word of the year. Uh, one year it was diligent and I had a leather bracelet that said diligent. So every time I'd look down at my hands to see what I was doing and how I was using my hands it would remind me to be diligent about serving others, mm. to be diligent about working hard, uh, to be b- diligent about being intentional about how I spent my time. So I really believe that those, that words have power and meaning. And when we surround ourselves by, you know, that positive energy and those things that it can really make a positive impact on us. Yeah. I also choose a word for the year. My word for the year is purpose. Mm. I love that. Purpose what? is fantastic. And this yes. year, my word is power. 
Mm, yes. Get a whole vision board, you know, and I've got like black, black and gold or the colors on it. And, and, and I've already had things that have manifested based on that. So it's, it's kind of exciting because when you focus your energy and intention on something, it's very powerful. And the, yes. the opposite of that true is that when you're focusing on something that's negative, I've found in my own life that it's really hard to move forward or make progress. Indeed. Yeah. hundred percent. You've come to the right podcast. <laughs> Right. And that's why I was like, okay, I, I reached out to people and, and, and I try to connect with people that, that have those core values aligned with mine. And I, I'm not going to show up where not only my potential clients and customers, it's not consistent with my brand. If I show up in places that don't align with my core values. Yeah. So I, you know, there's a lot of things that might be entertaining that I'll watch on social media, um, like thirst trap videos and I'm going to lie. Those are pretty um, interesting to watch. I'm, I'm not going to turn on a pack of six, six, six pack abs, but like, I'm not going to be out there necessarily showing off my abs, you know, or, 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 or promoting the fact that, yay, it's great to make these videos. I show up where I feel most comfortable and everything like that. So mm. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Yes. I, um, I actually have a, I wrote down a couple of notes while you were talking and something that really stuck out to me. I don't, I don't know if this is a change of topic or not, but it stuck out to me. Um, a couple of months ago, I was having a conversation with my aunt and she, um, was saying that people don't change their priorities do. And I, I sat with that for a second because it might, with curiosity, so I'm very much so curiosity is one of my top 10 core values. So I sat there with curiosity because my immediate thought was to disagree with her. Cause I, cause when you said, you said your fundamental belief is that people can change. I believe that too, because isn't that the basis of evolution? Like we human beings evolve, do they not? <laughs> and so when she said that, I, I had to sit with that because I wanted to hear what she had to say. But, you know, as she was talking about it, she realized that she was have difficulty explaining, explaining herself and that she had been saying this phrase for so many years, people don't change their priorities do people don't change their priorities do and so I finally called her in on it. So what do you really mean by that. And so I'm very curious about your perspective because you said that you do believe that people can change. <clears throat> how does that how can a person evolve slash change while being connected to their authenticity throughout that transitional process oh that's a great question before i turned 40 i faced my 40 fears and i spent a year blogging about it Ooh. so i wrote down a list of everything that i was afraid of because i realized that fear was holding me back from who i really wanted to become because i i believe that we're not just human beings we're human becomings that we constantly can strive to become more, that we can become more of who we are and reach our full potential as human humans. If I believe, okay, everyone has a box of stuff. There's somewhere in your house that you have like all those mementos and those things that are important to you from like high school and throughout your life that you keep in a box. Yeah. And if you go through your box of stuff and look at what is in your box, it will help you identify what you value most. Mm. Like something that I really, that's important to me is achievement. You know, I'm an Enneagram type three achieve is very important to me. So I've got awards and I've got medals and things like that, that make me feel like I'm kind of a big deal. Uh, you can see that there's a theme in there. If you see the things in there that bring you the most joy or that make you feel most calm, that's a real clue to what those values are. 
Mm. And when it comes to like the people are capable of change, I've seen that in my own life. And the biggest example of that would be changing uh, family patterns and behaviors. Like I've had a history of alcoholism um, from other generations and, and I've chosen a different path. Mm-hmm. So it's changing. It's changing what the expectations of other people are of you. It's changing to really um, own that raw authenticity and become um, your true self and, and show that to other people and, and, and be vulnerable with it. Yeah. Um, something that also struck me, ugh, I wish now I, I wish I wrote what you were talking about. I just wrote my note about it, <laughs> but I wrote boundaries. I felt like Ooh. boundaries um, is something like, especially when you get closer to your authenticity, you recognize this is something that I want to protect. This is something that I want to offer to those that are um, open to receiving my authenticity, who are ready for my authenticity. And the word boundaries came up for me. And so I wonder if you could expand on that, because I feel like boundaries is a huge part in living your truth, living authentically. And if you could share any insights on that. Oh, heck yeah. If you think about a Rubik's cube, you've got the six different sides of that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times those different labels and everything like that, they might only see the red side or they might see the white the white side of your Rubik's cube, but they don't necessarily see all of those different angles of who you are as a person. And it takes kind of clicking them into place and reminding people, you know, I'm more than just this one thing. Mm-hmm. And it's setting that boundary. And um, how that happened with me is, is re- realizing that even though I really embrace authenticity, that I wasn't truly showing um, the cringy version of who I was, mm. especially on um, social media, that I needed to show up cringe and all and, and cringe forward and just embrace being the cringy mom. And I was out in the middle of the road by my mailbox one day recording content. And I pointed up and I pointed to the side and I pointed down and my husband's like, what are you doing? And I said, it's a TikTok. And, and he's like, okay. And I said, you know, cause I need to make money and increase my social following and, you know, and I don't sing well. And I kind of did this dance towards the <laughs> camera and I'm singing this and that's me. And, and I posted <laughs> in this mastermind group and they're like, you have to post this. This is great. This is you. And I'm like, no, I can't. This is super embarrassing. How are people going to take me seriously as an entrepreneur and as this businesswoman? If I show this version of myself just being goofy, because I don't really dance or sing like, like the whole routine, you know, cause that's what you think of with TikTok and <laughs> I did it anyway. And I realized that's who I am. And Jen Campbell likes to dance on the kitchen table sometimes or on my chair because I don't go clubbing anymore. Cause I've reached, I've kind of surpassed <laughs> that point in my life. So, but I can make a club wherever I'm at. Mm-hmm. And that's really like embracing that authenticity and showing that to other people. Mm. How did you, what was the journey for you in, in coming to the place where you could be confident in who you were, but then also have the confidence to allow other people to see that in you? Oh, it's so scary. Mm. And I hated, um, you know, I, I'm a certified Facebook community manager and I blogged for a number of years. So written content, making things like that, posting pictures was really comfortable for me. I felt super, super awkward being on video. Mm. And I know a lot of other women especially feel that way. So 
I um, made a goal and I just did it. And every time that I would push the record button, I would feel like I wanted to get sick to my stomach and I would rewatch it and I'd be like, oh, I'm doing this weird thing with my face or mm. I can't believe I said that. And I felt like at first I had to re-record, record, re-record. And then I realized the more I do it, the easier it is. Mm. And within a few months, I recorded 200 TikTok videos and I was like, okay, this is who I am. This is my story. And I'm going to show up consistently and give people a flavor of what my life is like. Sometimes I don't have makeup on. Sometimes um, I stumble over my words and I'm awkward. Sometimes no one watches what I put out there. Like mm. I had 12 views on one a couple of weeks ago, but it doesn't matter because I cringe forward and I create. Because mm. I know and I believe, and this is what I tell the other women in my community, that your voice has value mm -hmm. and your message has meaning and it's your time to be seen because that's how I felt. And I wanted someone else to be able to share that with me so that it would empower me to be able to show up with authenticity on social media. Mm. So why, um, why the attraction to social media? Why, why, um, why women on social media? What's your mission behind here with helping women specifically on social media? I live in McCall, Idaho, which is a small town that's a resort community with less than 4,000 year-round residents. Right. So there's not a whole lot of people. I have a big personality, but I live in a two-stoplight town. Yeah. And uh, social media has been a great way for me to connect with people all over the world and build my business. I love that you can connect with people who have your same core values, your same hobbies and interests, and it really expands your social circle. Mm -hmm. And I, and with personal branding, I've been able to build my business through that. And the journey that I've gone to be able to work with women entrepreneurs, one, that's who I am. Mm -hmm. And I realized that most of the people who were following me, because I like to inspire with like uplifting messages and my um, community is built around having um, confidence on camera mm -hmm. uh, to be able to have consistency because it's really easy to do something for a while and then quit mm -hmm. and, and creative content ideas, because those were the things that I needed. Mm -hmm. So I've built the community that I wanted so that someone could be like, okay, Jen, it's okay that only 12 people watched your video cringe forward. You can do this anyway. That's mm -hmm. happened to me yeah. or that there was a, an online community in a Facebook group where I could go live, but it wasn't necessarily something that my followers had to watch. So I would worry if I stumbled over my words. So it was kind of like a little test environment. Yeah. So, you know, my mom's a great cheerleader for me and she'll be, she'll read everything that I write. She'll comment on my post. You know, she's, she's got my back with starting a new business, whatever it is. And everyone needs that cheerleader. Mm. And, and if people other, the life of entrepreneurship can be really difficult and lonely especially if you're a micropreneur or solopreneur, like it's just you. Yeah. And, and having that accountability or other people who can really relate to that journey and say, like, I've been there too. It's extremely empowering, helpful, and um, liberating. Mm -hmm. it, because we're not going to say, who do you think you are? Because we know. Mm -hmm. Because we know that you have value. And there's so much out there too that's so negative. You know, there's the trolls and the people that are willing to tear you down and that question you and certain platforms have more of that than others because people can hide behind a screen name or not even show their real picture on there and they can comment whatever they want to you. 
that they would never say to your face. I had uh, the other yeah, day. <laughs> I had, you, had, person, you had one? Tell oh, me about yeah. a troll. Oh my gosh. So the trolls, I mean, sometimes, uh, I mean, okay. The one person, just the thing that's sticking out to me. So the other day I had somebody comment on my TikTok. If you're so good at manifesting, where's your Bugatti? <clears throat> And I, oh, but if you don't want a Bugatti, that was exactly the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, I haven't manifested a Bugatti because I don't want a Bugatti. <laughs> like, no, desire is the first step. And if I don't have the desire, it's not going to happen. But then I went and looked at their profile and they had zero followers and zero videos and no picture. And their name was like user, a whole bunch of numbers. And I actually, um, <laughs> just out of spite, I'm going to do a video reply to that comment and be like and explain like but like and actually take the comment seriously and and give it some attention and be like look I haven't manifested a Bugatti and here's why and I'm going to tell you why I haven't manifested a Bugatti so like taking the hate comments from people and shifting it into something that's more empowering I guess or choosing hmm. okay this is a little random thing here but when I was growing up my mom always said be the bigger person and I feel mm. like with social media especially I've really been learning in my adult life what it really means to be the bigger person and how you said you fundamentally believe that people people are good right I also choose to believe that people are fundamentally good and therefore I assume that when people say something to me there isn't always ill intent right yeah so, they don't intend really to offend mm -hmm. that's what I always say yes go ahead yeah and so even though I know that's what this person was doing um I'm going to be the bigger person and choose to believe like what if this person was genuinely curious about the question what if I treated that question that way and I already know that it's going to benefit me <laughs> out of anything. I don't care about what happens with this person that has no followers and no picture and blah, blah, blah. But uh, that's fuel for me to get my message out to other people. Cause maybe other people are genuinely curious with that question. Right. And then that's an opportunity for me to get to show up in my authentic way and be like, yo, I haven't done it because I don't want to. <laughs> right. And it can stop you at first too. I mean, and I had, um, I made this video that was like, you know, head to toe. I was like scrolling down my outfit because I was like, you know, I felt really good that day. My hair was on point, you know, and I had my leopard print on like I do today. And then, you know, and it performs different on all the different platforms, which is yeah. fascinating to me to have the same piece of video content, short form video content, and based on where you're posting it and the algorithms that they have, you might get a lot of views on one, not very many on another. And it started taking off on Instagram. And all of a sudden I got all these different, these views. And then I got these comments from these dudes that were like, yummy. Mm. Um, Ooh, you know, you're hot. And then I had another one that was like, you know, no, you know, I don't know you're not attractive or whatever, because I, I, it was just some trending audio that I was thought was funny. That was like, you know, today's affirmation is that, you know, you look, um, amazing or gorgeous or something like that, you know, and I thought it was like kind of tongue in cheek or whatever. I know I'm not a supermodel and I'm 45 years old and, you know, I, it's not, um, I don't look like I did when I was 20 and thank goodness, 
but I'm like, dude, you know, and I was like, how do I respond to this? Because a, some of the things creep me out mm-hmm. and B I'm like, okay, you're not my ideal audience. You know, I'm, I'm targeting women who are mid twenties to mid fifties and, and, and you're not my people. Do I just scroll and roll? You know, how do I handle this? And I think that you brought up a great point that you can use it as a teaching opportunity. You can ignore it. You can respond back to it if you want to, or you can delete it. But the thing that they don't realize is if you make something that's a little bit controversial or that they actually engage with and write a comment or an emoji on it, it actually pushes you out to more people. Yeah. So even if it's (laughs) negative, it's kind of good to keep that on there or to respond because then there's a back and forth with it on there. Now, when it gets to the point, like it did to me yesterday, where there was like some dude that actually tried to like call me through like the messenger service, I was like, I'm glad I had my phone on do not disturb. Cause like, I, I don't know, like, how do you even handle this? Like random stranger or whatever. And, and that's kind of the scary part of it. You know, if you share too much about your life, um, that people can flip it. Yeah. And, and I think it's possible to share your, your personal brand story and who you are with the world, but also keep some of that for yourself. I don't show my kids on social media. Typically, I don't talk about where they go to school. I don't um, say their names. And even though my triplets are 15 years old, you know, and if people really wanted to dig deep, they could find out that information about it. Uh, I choose to protect their privacy because I'm talking about me and my story and not sharing theirs. Yeah, I think that's a um, something I personally have. Hmm. been playing around with or learning about so to speak and um, I think this comes back to I was listening to an artist who I really like her name is Tony Jones and um, she came out with this album called Affirmations for the Grown-Ass Woman Uh, highly highly recommend by the way if you've never listened listeners too Um, but she came out and so I was like super glued on to her music and then she came out with her second album or next album that, that came out and she said something in there and it really triggered me. And I'm realizing now it's, you know, a year or two later since that album came out and I was triggered because it resonated true for me. And um, what she said in her lyrics, I don't know them word for word, but it was something along the lines of no longer do I sell my personal story um to um to promote my business or something like that and initially that really triggered me because like the first episode of this podcast is called the power of your story (laughs) and so I'm like sitting over here thinking like I fucking do that all the time like I talk about my story all the time what do you mean Tony Jones like I'm not a fan anymore (laughs) and so I was like here getting like my knickers in a knot because I'm thinking like what's wrong with selling your story and then I was thinking about it more it's when you're selling your story and um hmm, I've never actually put this into words before I've only just thought about it (laughs) but like it's like selling your story um and and taking away the dignity aspect with it you have to be able to tell your story and be able to maintain the dignity in there in it and almost like you have to if you're talking about your story and your business specifically, um, especially me, because I have a personal brand and like I, mm-hmm. I talk about sensitive subjects. Yeah. yeah. And so it's about like, does this story serve? And am I coming from a victim point here or am and or is this story coming here because I know that it's going to be impactful when when I share that with people or is this to get attention? 
Like that's kind of the, I still feel like I didn't articulate myself very well there. Perhaps you have something to, to offer to that. I think that's it. You know, I help people tell their personal brand story. Hmm. I help them tell it like visually, I can help them craft it and write it. There's a lot of um, story sell stories can connect us, but it's what we choose to focus on and what stories that we're telling. Hmm. And I I think um, maybe she's saying, you know, don't tell your story to someone who doesn't deserve to hear it Hmm. or be careful about what stories that you tell. Uh, There's some things that not everyone's entitled to hear about my life. Right. There's some things that are really intimate that are personal or some things that I haven't worked through completely that I feel like I can share without bawling, you know, and until it gets to that point, then I don't know. Sometimes I like to tell a story to shock a person, (laughs) you know, because I kind of like wake them up and it catches them off guard and I can get like um, an authentic response. You know, when I meet them at a a party or something like that, like I just dive right in Mm. and and I'll be like. You know, and, and, and I, because if you say the things that other people don't say and you're being like authentic about that, you know, not just in your head and you actually say it out loud, it's a great way to connect. Mm. I talk to random strangers at the grocery store in line and I make friends um, like wherever I'm at, you mm-hmm. know, I'm an extrovert. So it's, it's easier for me, but people are fascinating and I, I don't, everyone has a story that's worth telling and worth sharing. And if you're doing that for your business, I think that's the best way to be able to grow it because mm-hmm. people connect with you. Um, Bob Berg, who's a, a great um, famous sales trainer, he said, all things being equal, people will refer business to and buy from those that they know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. And they get to know you by you showing up with authenticity on social media and you sharing your story. Mm-hmm. And they connect with you because they have something in common with you. And if you're telling a story about like, the core beliefs and values that you have or something that's a relatable experience that most people have gone through. Those are the stories that really connect. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not necessarily a story of this is how much money I made this month. And this is how you can do it too. That, right. That's not a story. That's a sales pitch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, coming back to the, the the note that you said that sometimes you'll share a story just to shock somebody. And that reminded me about uh, being in integrity uh, because it's funny because I see that some people use social media as a tool. Maybe it's for business. Maybe it's for personal use, but they treat social media differently than they do their real life so that mm-hmm. they'll have the courage to go on social media and share a story, whatever that might be. But when they go and talk to people in real life, it's like the 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 courage isn't there anymore. And maybe it's because we've become so disillusioned about who we are really talking to when we are on social media and we have thousands of followers, but that doesn't, it's, it's funny because you look at the number of followers that say you have on Instagram or TikTok, say you have a thousand people, that number feels very different when you see it as just a number on a screen versus what if you actually had a thousand people in a room and you mm-hmm. were talking to all of them, would that story be the same? And so that 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 idea of integrity and leadership, because I think all leaders, a quality of a good leader is integrity. And I think that, you know, if you're using social media as a form of marketing for your business, then leadership is an inevitable quality that's part of that, or at least it should be. And so integrity comes to mind. And 
so when I think about like sharing stories, being authentic, um, being an integrity and the shock value coming back to the shock value, I was at a birthday party several months back and I was with my partner who is a man and, um, uh, a male friend of his invited us to go to his house to, to bake, uh, two weeks from when we were at the party, we were going to make plans two weeks in advance. And he had asked me if I wanted to come. And I looked at my phone to look at my calendar and I saw that I was going to be menstruating on the day that he had invited us. It was going to be the first day of my menstruation. And I realized in that moment that I had a choice. I talk to women all the time about having boundaries around their energy, having boundaries around menstruation. And I just like, I felt so confident in that moment, probably because I was ovulating because ovulation (laughs) comes two weeks prior and I was feeling confident. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tell them. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be menstruating that day. I'm sorry. I'm I'm actually, I didn't say sorry. Now that I didn't say sorry. That was an important part. I did not say sorry. I said, you know what? I'm going to be menstruating that day. I'm not going to want to get off the couch. Uh, please invite me the next time. And he just looked at me and he, and I wanted to know like, what was, what was he thinking? Like what was going through his mind? And he was so actually so um, it was so well-received in that moment because some guys would be like why the fuck would you tell me that <laughs> like but this guy's well, so well received it because you amber you had integrity mm-hmm. what you could have done is waited until the following week and been like oh you know i don't really feel very well today mm-hmm. and 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 you know put someone on the spot the last minute and canceled plans instead of saying you know what i'm setting a boundary and and whether it's you know you know something going on physically or emotionally having that boundary and saying you know this is not good for me right now Mm-hmm. But to cancel that meeting or I'm just not going to plan it because my energy isn't where I need it to be. I need to mm-hmm. rest. I need to recharge my batteries. So that's a fantastic thing. Mm-hmm. And it, for me, it was like, I'm now one step closer to feeling good about enforcing those boundaries because there's so much shame around women in menstruation, et cetera, which is something that I'm very much so spearheading trying to combat. But I recognize that I also have to lead by example. So when I'm presented with those sorts of opportunities to get to, especially with men, because I think more men need to be educated about this. My partner also believes that, um, you know, to be able to just say like, no, I'm going to be menstruating and have it not be a big deal, like not not have to say, oh, gonna be menstruating that day like like no well, you like, even no, use the word yeah you use the word instead of like an abbreviation or a slang term or something like that so and even like just you know I have four boys and a husband that I live with so like there is a whole lot of testosterone and I am the only female example and you know and for a long time I didn't even talk about anything like that because I'm like but I'm like okay if they you know are married to a woman someday or they have a relationship or anything like that or they're surrounded by any other females knowing you know how that might impact mood energy level all sorts of other things um is important Mm -hmm. you know and that's part of like sharing who you are with other people it's sharing your life physically and what's going on in your head mentally and emotionally so Mm -hmm. that's good and I feel I was, like, are there certain things that you like to say to shock people? Um, things that you tell, tell people, do you have like some go-to things that you know that are different? Like those little fun facts that they go around or you just, like, yeah. Hey. Um, and sometimes it's not intentional. Sometimes uh-huh. I'm like, I don't even realize that it's shocking to people because it's something that's just natural. And I talk about all the time. But like, for example, a couple of months ago, I was at a birthday party and my sister-in-law was there and she just had this energy about her. And I had to say to her, I was like, 
um, can I ask you a weird question? Like, are you ovulating right now? And she gave me a really funny look and she's like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. And then she went to the bathroom and was like calculating while she was in the bathroom and came back to me. She's like, Amber, I don't know what's going on with you and your witchy magic, but I just calculated and I am ovulating right now. So that's super weird. (laughs) And I'm, and just like stuff like that happens to me all the time. I tend generally it's around menstruation. I talk about like that a lot or manifestation or money. Those three, (laughs) the three things I love talking about most are like the most taboo topics. (laughs) And so I feel like a lot of the times, anytime I'm in a group of people or at a party, most of what I come out of comes out of my mouth is shocking (laughs) because even when people ask me what I do, they're like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I focus on the connection between female disempowerment and money symptoms. What do you do? (laughs) And they're like, what? (laughs) What does that mean? You mean you don't go to a regular job and do customer service all day long or what? Not that there's anything wrong with that. I didn't mean to throw shame out or anything like that, but just the nature of the things that I talk about are often very shocking. And I don't realize that for some people like, whoa, like I've never even used the word menstruation (laughs) because there's so much fear around it. Like, or some people, I actually have clients that can't even use the word money. Like they, there's so much shame and fear around the word money. So I feel like I'm a constant shock. <laughs> so that's an interesting question, but yeah. Anytime that you are showing up with that raw authenticity and you're owning who you are, it's going to make some people feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. because I, I believe that it will anyway, because you're forcing them to look at themselves. Yeah. And, and, and because you're confident and you're comfortable in who you are and you're saying, look, this is who I am. And so either they can push back against that and be like, no, I want to put you back in this box. I want to flip that Rubik's cube around and show, see that other side of who you are, because I don't feel comfortable with seeing every other side of that. I only want to see the red side. I don't want to see the white or the blue or the orange side of who you are. I only see this one side or you're forcing him to, to recognize, you know what? I'm more than that. That person can do that. How can, what's my issue? What's my hang up with owning who I am and my stuff? Mm-hmm. And you can use that to inspire other people. Um, but dude, some people feel like they'll push back and they feel really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They're like, because they don't, I don't know, it's projection. Basically yeah. they're like, like they'll, they'll shame you and they'll blame you and they'll like put it on there. You know, when you're kind of walking your truth. Now the, I, I choose not to surround myself with people like that. Mm-hmm. which, which can be um, tricky on something like social media because you don't necessarily control who follows you, but you do control who you follow, yeah. who you engage with and how you engage with other people. And those magical algorithms show you more of what you focus on. Mm-hmm. So if yes. you focus on liking things and making more comments, you're going to see more of whatever it is. And so if you don't like what you're seeing in your feed, you can change it. Mm -hmm. You can unfollow people. You can block them. You can say dislike. I want to see less of this. You can say, I don't want to hear this trending sound. You want, you you can go through and make comments or engage with people that you haven't seen for a while or accounts that you haven't had come up in your feed. And then it will start showing you more of that again, Mm -hmm. because that's part of like controlling that energy and everything. And um, the content that we consume affects us. So yeah. you can, you control your feed and you control your content, just like you control what you consume um, physically in your body. Yeah. You know, really social media, the things that you see on social media is a really great, like tangible, physical example of manifestation because where attention goes, 
energy flows. So where that's exactly what manifest a big principle of manifestation is your intention. Well, the way that you consume social media is really not that different from it. So wherever you're, what you're liking, what you're watching, you know, all of that, that's your intention. And so universe or algorithm, is there really a difference, you know, is like realizing, okay, this is what they're putting their attention on. This is what they're going to bring into their life. Let's give them more of that, live more of that. The algorithm is a really great, like real life, tangible example of how universe provides for you. It's about everything that you are focusing on. You're going to get more and more and more of that. Right. So being intentional, but if you know that, like, I come here just to relax, um, I kind of like, um, I don't know, it's like the, the Twinkies, you know, um, that they're full of preservatives, but maybe you want one. You know, that maybe you don't always go and show up that you're going to have the junk food or the thing that's not necessarily if you were having a Twinkie for every meal every day, that's not necessarily going to nourish your body the same way. Just like if you consume Twinkies on social media, that's not going to necessarily um, nourish your spirit. Right. But that doesn't mean you can't have them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that Twinkie is bad or wrong or anything like that, because it's it is what it is. Yeah. So I mean, if you want to consume whatever you want to consume you can, but there's a consequence to what you consume. Mm -hmm. And the more you consume of that, the more energy that you're putting into that thing and the more it's going to bring into your life. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. Um, I want to touch on something you said earlier about how, um, coming back to the confidence aspect and how people can either be empowered by your confidence or they can feel uh, threatened by your confidence. And I think that that is a fascinating point of conversation because I truly believe like my definition of confidence is to um, have your be so strong on your own foundation of energy that it empowers other people. So Mm. whereas a false sense of confidence or arrogance, because confidence can feel like arrogance if you're lacking confidence. So having that false sense of confidence is actually your foundation is dependent on everybody else. So it's actually a form of, it's like manipulation really. And so that false sense of confidence, it, um, you're going to, you're going to feel triggered by people that are confident. You're going to feel like those confident people are arrogant. And then you're going to want to project your insecurities onto the people that are confident, but the true confident person, no matter what, they're going to share their light. And when the right person is there to receive that light, they're going to blossom because their confidence spills over. It's something to share. Whereas, when you are insecure, you're constantly seeking energy sources outside of yourself Mm. and there's no strong foundation on the bottom. And, um, I forgot where I was going with that, but (laughs) we were talking about something. Go ahead. When you you talk about like confidence and how it's perceived by other people, I I think what I've noticed, especially with women is it becomes competition. Mm. And so there's this competition, you know, that if, you know, a woman is strong, you know, if she's owning who she is and everything like that, then it's who does she think she is? You know, why is she so confident about this thing? Or I have to somehow compete with her. And, Mm -hmm. and if you think about abundance, you know, I believe that there's plenty of success for everyone, Mm -hmm. plenty of money out there for everyone, that it's not a finite thing. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't need to be a competition. It could be something that you empower someone else and you help lift them up. 
like you mentioned before, that you radiate that confidence to other people so that it can help help inspire. Um, part my personal mission is to teach, uplift, encourage, and inspire others. So you know, if if I apply it to what you were saying, Amber, about being confident, I'm able to do that by just really owning who I am. Right. Mm-hmm. Part of that yes. confidence is, is is being clear on those core values and consistently living them in your life. Yes. Not just having them on a piece of paper, but actually like, this is who I am and this is what I believe in. And you can see it by um, me actually doing those things that support those values. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. You were talking about um, how you knowing your values, right? So knowing them and how, when they can be in your awareness you're that much more empowered to live your potential that way. I truly believe that the ultimate superpower is self-awareness because Mm. you are only as limited as your awareness of your personal power. So the more, and then look at what self um, self self-awareness leads to, because when you start with self-awareness, that leads to self-management. Once you can manage yourself, then that leads to social awareness, And you start seeing the things that other people do, or you become aware of the behaviors and propensities of other people. And then that leads to social management and that's leadership, right? So it all is going to start with yourself and embracing your authenticity, shedding the layers of yourself, shedding the stories, shedding the beliefs, shedding all of the projections of other people that you've been taught or holding on to the things that ring true to you if you've positively been conditioned in such a way. But like, because when you are aware, you get the choice to be the observer of your life. You get to choose like what conditions that are going to nourish you and what conditions you need to have boundaries around. And I think that we don't really experience true freedom in this life without boundaries paradoxically it's funny because when we think about freedom we think of you know being limitless having no boundaries but in fact it's the boundaries that help create that freedom and we all want personal freedom your authenticity is your road ticket your meal ticket to that form of personal freedom and i really do believe that like authenticity is so is so important, especially, you know, we, Einstein is credited for saying that if you judge the intelligence of a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it's going to live its whole life believing that it's stupid. And it's so true because authenticity, there's genius inside there. Everybody has a zone of genius and that's like your potential. That's your, that is your personal power. That's your prosperity. And that's all accessed by you having a willingness to be authentic and being vulnerable and being seen. And I guess all of these thoughts that I'm vomiting out here <laughs> are coming to this question that I have for you. What do, in your words, what does it truly mean to be seen? I get that. And I ask you this because I get this question a lot, especially on over on TikTok. People are asking me, okay, but I always thought I was authentic, right? I always thought I was letting people see who I am. What do you mean? Like I'm not being authentic. And I think that there's like this disconnect here with people not quite, not quite getting it. And I'd love to hear your perspective about that. What does it really mean to be seen in your authenticity? 
when you look at who you are, like at your core and your values, when no one's around, like who you are at your core and yourself, if you can reveal that to other people and feel safe doing that and really own that, to me, that's that's authenticity. Mm. And you're, it's not a performance that you're putting on for other people. It's saying, look, this is who I am. And, and it might be a little cringy. It might be a little bit awkward mm-hmm. because, because we are as people, but you're confident in showing that, mm-hmm. that, that, that's, that, that's what it means to me to be truly seen. Mm-hmm. And when you are like, you know, it feels uncomfortable at first. And even the, the more you do it, the more confident I believe that you can feel in, in owning that, but it's, it's not necessarily performance for other people. You're not doing it for how you're um, going to be received by them. You're doing it because your message and who you are and your need to be able to share it with others is more important than the fear you have of holding it inside. Mm. Yes, I'm soaking that in so much right now because um, what I think is really interesting, um, some other creator said this, I don't know who it was, but they were saying like, if you have a story to tell, but you're afraid of like, oh, what will my mom think? What will my brother think? Or blah, blah, blah. Write as if those people are not going to see your work. Write as if nobody is going to see your work. Write as if it's not a performance or create a video or write a podcast, do a podcast, whatever it is that you're doing. It's not a performance. What if you created this content just thinking like, this is what is on my heart? And it doesn't matter who's listening or just, and if it helps you to pretend that person isn't going to see it just to help you get the message out because authenticity, when you're in your authenticity, you don't need to get the attention of other people. You're naturally going to attract it, right? So it's not about, because I think that's like a really key detail. So when I hear people say, like, I thought I always was authentic. I'm like, are you being authentic or are you being unfiltered? Because I think there's a big right. difference here because people will say, and when I feel like that really clicks for people, when I say there's a big difference between authentic and being unfiltered, because being unfiltered means like, oh, you just might be loud. You might just interrupt people. You might, you might just say the first thing that comes to your mind, it's right? It, and you have consideration for other people around you. That's Right. But authenticity doesn't necessarily mean being unfiltered. You know, do you cry in front of other people? Do you allow people to see you in in your dark feelings? You know, are you afraid to tell people when you're having dark feelings? Um, You know, are you afraid to tell people when you're menstruating? Stuff like that. Or like when when it's relevant, of course, I don't just right, walk into right. a room and be like, yo, I'm bleeding. But like when it's when it matters, like when it when it when making plans with that, that fellow that invited me to that was me being authentic saying, like, hey, I can't. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And so, but when I, I think that when people are unfiltered, it's because they're trying to get attention. They're talking over other people because there's a fear that they're not going to be seen. They're not going to be heard. And it's all subconscious, right? Like people don't realize that they're doing this. They don't realize that they talk over people and interrupt people and are really boisterous at parties because they just want people to notice them. They're trying mm-hmm. to get attention. That's being inauthentic. 
<laughs> well, it it depends. For me, um, that's something um, I value being rec- recognized by others. Mm-hmm. And I want to be seen. So I physically want to be seen too. I want to stand out. I want to be the life of the party. And, and as an extrovert, that's something that I love. I love to have to walk into a room and have that energy and have people drawn to me and to be able to share and to be able to connect. It feeds me, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not dependent on it. Right. All right. So I, I think that's part of the difference. You can get that recognition and acknowledgement and everything from other people, but when it comes from your core and you're able to hold on to that, regardless of what happens around you, that's that true level of um, confidence. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know, awareness mm. um, and I don't know where the word I'm looking for. It's that next <laughs> level of, um, yeah, consciousness. That's. Mm, yeah. Next level of consciousness. I really see that. So, I mean, I like to be recognized too. I um, like, I want people to see me. I want to be recognized, but it has to be um, accurate. Has to be accurate. What are you recognized for? Exactly. Are you recognized for being like a fool in the middle of of everyone else, or only cracking the jokes, or only showing that one side? Or are you recognized for just like showing up, cringe and all, and just being you? The full Rubik's cube, even if it's not fully assembled and or no, uh, fully. No, because it's all yeah. It's all it's all um twisted and messed up and, and, and different colors. And it's our job to be able to click it into place, to be able to show that. And that's that process that you go through to really, um, that human becoming Mm -hmm. it's adjusting those different portions of who you are to really show that clear picture to other people. Because if you don't do the work to solve that, how are you supposed to show it to other people? Mm -hmm. They see, they see the disorganized colors all clumped together instead of seeing like the full picture of you. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it comes back to that idea of connection is Mm. like, because I find, I don't know if this is true for you, but it was certainly true for me. And it's certainly true for my clients. Once people start finding their authenticity or remembering coming home to their authenticity, you start to see the relationships in their life completely shift. You know, often, you know, women are getting divorced. You know, the pandemic has been like this huge thing where people have had to really look at themselves. The divorce rate has skyrocketed. Um, Because they're like, I don't want to be trapped in a house with this person because I don't really like who they are. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or 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 it can actually make a difference. And people are like, hey, I really do like who who I am and I like who I'm with. So Mm -hmm. I I think it can go either way with that. True. Yeah. Yeah. It could be it's either going to strengthen your relationship, like how it has with my partner and I, the more authentic I'm becoming, the more connected I am with him, because that's that relationship I've recognized was built upon the little tiny seeds of authenticity that I didn't even know were authentic at the time. But or on the other flip hand, it can end relationships because you're realizing, oh, I actually don't have anything concrete with this person this person was my drinking buddy or this person we had um uh what's that called uh trauma bonding we were just trauma bonding and all we ever talked about was the negative things that happened to us in our life and that's how we connected but I don't want to connect that way anymore I want to connect in a more empowering way but this person doesn't want to and so you know I really notice like when you connect with your authenticity, your relationships are, it's going to be a domino effect on for the positive. Well, I really don't see positive or negative, but either it's going to support the relationship or it's going to not. <laughs> and it's so, okay. It's okay. Yeah. I, I think that sometimes we cling to the idea of what it means to have that title or that relationship with a certain person. 
Mm. And part of what we talked before about boundaries, you know, if it's not healthy, even if it's a family member, snip, snip, cut the ties, you know, and there, there might be situations that, um, you're, you're kind of forced to physically engage with a person like a holiday meal or festivity or anything like that. But at the same time, you don't have to. Yep. It's a choice. Um, we might not choose our circumstances. We might not choose the things that happen in our lives, but we can always choose how we respond to it. Mm-hmm. We can choose to take that as an um, opportunity to grow and to, uh, and to evolve to become better humans. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I feel like something I've really begun to learn about boundaries is that I think, and again, it comes back to all humans are fundamentally good and how we all fundamentally have a innate capacity and need for love. Um, and boundaries helps us discern um, at what distance our love is shared. For some people, that, that distance is very close. Like, so my partner and I, obviously, that distance is very close, very small distance, if any, if any distance at all. He has direct access to my love and I consent for my love to be in flow with him. Because that's the thing is that love needs to flow. And sometimes that flow has a greater distance in between it. So me, me, for example, me forgiving my childhood abuser, how can I get to that? How could I get to that point? in which there was love there so that the love could flow. Well, that meant I needed to really physically and emotionally and spiritually distance myself from them. I'm now at a place where I'm, I can be very far from that person, like energetically everything. And I can feel love for them, but I wouldn't feel that way if they were really close to me. I would feel like, oh, boundaries need to come up even more now that I'm there. I feel like right. I'm and, and, and then that doesn't mean that you need to re-traumatize yourself or interact with another person. If you've um, forgiveness, doesn't mean that you have to hurt your boundaries. Yeah. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that um, I believe that um, not that everything happens to us for a reason, but I believe that everything's an opportunity to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes things that happen in our lives are a result of the consequences of our decisions. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't, regardless of what you've been through, I always look at it or what I've been through. I'm like, okay, what can I learn from this? Mm -hmm. How can this help me grow? And sometimes I wallow in it. I'm like, gosh, this sucks. Mm -hmm. I hate this thing that happened to me. This is horrible and it's terrible. And, and it might take me a while to really unpack it or to dig through it and be like, okay with that. Um, But when I sit in that moment and I say, all right, this isn't how I expected things to go with whatever aspect it is in my life. What can I learn from this? That's mm-hmm. the opportunity that kind of shifts my perspective and I can grow from it mm-hmm. instead of just like sitting there in the, I don't know, the muck, you know? You know, I think that the sitting in the muck, no, is kind of important with, with yes. the, without getting stuck without getting stuck, right? So it's like giving yourself that time and space. And this is actually a big part of what I believe about being authentic is a, is allowing yourself to be human. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I there's this there's this very small like bit of 
an epidemic of some toxic positivity going on in our society. And, you know, it kind of stems <laughs> from this idea of like shying away from our emotions and whatnot. But all that's doing is denying an authentic human experience. And so, no, I don't want people to sit and say stay stuck in their negative emotions, but it's the stuckness comes from denying them. And so allowing yourself to witness yourself, to have the courage to witness yourself in your authenticity. And your authenticity is feeling pretty shitty right now. <laughs> because I call, this them, I, call them, I call them gray robe days, Amber. You call them so what? I, gray, gray robe, robe days. Oh. Yeah, because I have a gray robe that's like a head to floor robe and it has a hood on it. And it's like my comfort robe. And so sometimes I have a gray robe day where I have my robe on, I have it all day. And I snuggle in bed and I just read a romance novel or several all day. <laughs> and and I don't go outside and I don't necessarily talk to anyone. And I might be depressed and not feeling very good. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. When those days stretch into weeks or I find that, okay, my, my and I need to acknowledge, okay, my mental health is really struggling right now. What do I need to do to be able to shift it? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, I need to walk and check my mail, even if I don't take off my gray robe. And so I'm walking out to check my mailbox in my gray robe and my slippers. Um, But I'm getting out and I'm getting fresh air and everything like that um, to be able to kind of like shift it. That's like the first step for me to be able to climb out of that muck. Um, Mm -hmm. It's okay to have a gray robe day. Yeah. It's not necessarily okay to live in your gray robe 24 seven. You can, but it's, 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 it's not the best place mentally necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's going to affect every other aspect in your life. Yes. So tying all of this together and, you know, coming back to this idea about showing up authentically online and ultimately using it as a tool to spread your message, find your voice, be authentic. Do you have any closing thoughts or um, golden nuggets that you really feel would um, hit your point at home as we come bring this episode to a close. What inspired me to get started is when someone said, um, if you had one message to share with the world, you can only tell one story or say one thing, what would it be? She's like, take out your, your phone and record a video of that. Do a 30 to 60 second video and tell that one thing. And I did. And that was the thing that um, I was able to share that really helped me feel more comfortable on camera. I only recorded it twice. The lighting wasn't very good there. I stumbled over my words a little bit, but I was so empowered by what I was sharing because it was so important that that resonated with people and it had tons of views. Mm-hmm. And not only did it have tons of views, people were like, oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah. Because when you use your voice, not only to say like, this is who I am and to share it with the world, it empowers other people because your message is worth hearing. Mm-hmm. There's someone else out there and it doesn't mean you have to have tens of thousands of followers or a huge community. It only takes one person to make a difference. And your message and your voice has the power to impact other people. And if you choose to share it and you show up authentically and say, look, this is who I am. This is what I believe. This is how it can help you. It inspires other people. Yes. And, and, and like I said before, you know, 
Your voice has value, your message has meaning, and it's your time to be seen. Cringe forward. Mm. Cringe forward and create. Yes, I love that. Well, Jen, thank you so much for coming on the ep- on the show today. I've really enjoyed this conversation with you, and I'd love to offer you some space to share with how our listeners can connect with you authentically, <laughs> um, whatever you feel called to share. Yeah, um, I mentioned before I have a freebie. So if they go to jencampbell.com slash freebie, I have a core values template. I also have a community for women entrepreneurs to help um, empower them to show up with more authenticity online and to help use that to grow their business through social media. It's $9 a month or $99 a year. And we have like a weekly content idea strategy. You can come into the group and practice going live and have that supportive, inclusive environment to be able to help each other do that. And, um, yeah. Oh, and on social media, my handles, they're all the cringy mom. Oh, I love that. (laughs) R-I-N-G-E-Y mom. And so you can find me on TikTok. That's where I hang out a lot lately on Instagram, Facebook. And, um, oh, I just joined Be Real. I I like that too. Oh, that's the newest social media platform that Gen Z is right now. You take a picture. It has like a little timer go off and you take a picture wherever you're at and it gets your front and back camera. And you can write a caption or not, but it's to be able just to show up with raw authenticity. Huh. You know that you don't do the filter or anything like that. You just post it. And so the picture doesn't look perfect and it really shows you. And I've had like four days in a row where I'm like, it's my bed and it's the wall in front of it because I'm on my computer mm-hmm. and I'm working. So it's not very exciting, but that's my life. Right. That's what people want. Mm. I feel like we are so craving authenticity in our society right now, which is why I think TikTok has been a great thing. Granted, it's evolved since it's first come out, but I feel like that was one of the major things that drew a lot of people Mm -hmm. to TikTok is that they could escape this fake idealism that was going on with Instagram. Filters. Yeah. Yeah. The filtered, the Instagram filtered version of life. And I, like, I hate photo filters. I, I just, you know, I, I am 45. You know, so I don't use the filter on there. You can see my melasma. You can see my wrinkles because I think one, that's part of authentically what I look like. And two, the message that it sends to other people who are younger than me, that I'm embracing the way that I look physically. I mean, I, I love my eye wigs. I love my red lipstick. I do highlights in my hair. I color the roots. That's okay. You can do whatever you want to, to help yourself feel beautiful and empowered and like the best physical version of who you are. But to me, a filter is hiding that. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. it's 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 not it's not really revealing who you are you yeah. can still have soft lighting that's okay <laughs> uh my, that's my soapbox and my and, and my my thing that I can go on all day about but yeah well thank you so much for coming on to the show this has been a delightful conversation um thank you You're welcome. And listeners, please go and check out Jen. Her links will be in the show notes. And um, listeners, I will connect with you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Each message that I share is enriched with expansive, passionate, and purposeful energy. If you felt awakened to your evolution, please pass on that energy by downloading, subscribing, and sharing on your favorite social platform. 
Click the links in this episode to enroll in the Confidently You freebie library and subscribe to the Confidently You email list to receive updates about the podcast and all of my offerings. And be sure to follow at confidently.amber on TikTok and Instagram for more daily and easily digestible messages that awaken your inherent abundance. I'm sending you so much love and gratitude, and I look forward to sharing more with you in the next episode. That's it for now, boo. Now go make some fucking magic.